Today's Texas High School Baseball Coach Association podcast features Sherryland pitching coach Austin Biggerton. Coach Biggerton will be discussing bullpens and new technology for baseball coaches. Coach Biggerton will be discussing Driveline, On Base U, Rapsodo, and Sports U app. BSN Sports is a proud supporter of the Texas High School Baseball Coaches Association and is the largest provider of team sports equipment and apparel in the country with 90 sales pros that live and service schools in every corner of Texas and beyond. BSN Sports would like to thank all of the supporters of the Texas High School Baseball Coaches Association that share our passion for enhancing the student experience. While BSN Sports is the best at equipping athletes, coaches are the best at equipping lives, and that's the real final score. Learn more about how BSN can save you time off the field or court, giving you more time to impact lives of student athletes. Contact your local BSN Sports Sales Pro today or visit bsnsports.com. Hey, there you are. You got it? Yeah, you're on. Okay. Hey, hey well, uh, thanks for coming on, and I wanted to get a few things done with you. Um uh, we, we've been trying to put a assistant coaches committee together. So you're going to be the first assistant coach that's been on. I uh, want to go through some bullpens and uh, wanted to really look at, look at some of the new stuff that's uh, coming up in coaching and resources and technology and things like that. So I knew you'd be perfect for that. So, you know, let's uh, we'll go ahead and get into it and uh, look at your baseball background, you know, everything from high school to college, where you played and then uh, what, what schools you've coached at. Yeah, so um, started off high school at Cherryland with you, obviously. Um, you know, got to play with some really great players, Tres Pereira, Eric Gutierrez, guys like that. Um, had some really good teams. You know, my senior year, I think we were two in the nation. I think Max Preps had us at that. Yeah. Um, after high school, I went to UT Brownsville with uh, Coach Ogney. He uh, brought me on over there. Um, had a little bit of success there. I was voted newcomer of the year. Uh, had the lowest ERA pretty much for most of the season for NAI. And, uh, you know, that was my freshman year. And that was the year that uh, UT Brownsville canceled their baseball program. So ended up transferring to a junior college in Alabama called Lawson State. Right. I was there for the fall. Uh you know, things didn't really work out there. And I ended up transferring back to – or I transferred over to uh, Tammy Yu, who was recruiting me out of UT Brownsville with uh, Coach Porter. So, yeah, I ended up at Tammy Yu with uh, Baylor, my brother. Right. And and in high school, you know, you know, I, of course I know and you know that you didn't get to pitch very much. You were injured. You had some really good guys in front of you. So, yours, yours has kind of been a success story in the fact that you didn't pitch as much as most guys do, but you know you really uh, made the most out of it once you once you got into college, especially with that newcomer of the year at, at UTB and everything else. So you know it, it, it's that's that's always been a good story. I tell the kids, the uh, players that all the time. Yeah. So what? Um, what? What? Are, yeah. And uh, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just saying. Me and Tress were talking about that uh, at the beach the other day. That uh, you know we had maybe four or five guys on the bench that didn't even really get to play that still ended up playing college baseball. So there's a lot of success that from some of the guys that didn't even get to play, but, you know, got an opportunity to play in college and made the best of it. 
Right. And guys mature at different ages. You're kind of like me. You're, I mean, I think you're still maturing. So, you know, that it's, a lot of coaches got to put that into perspective also when they're, when they're looking at kids. So what schools have you coached at? So after TAMU, I got hired by uh, Coach McDaniel at Pioneer, and he really helped me out a lot by getting me in there, getting a job. Um, I was there with McDaniel for three years, and then he moved on to Corpus Christi Miller. He's the baseball coach there now. And then uh, Coach Smith came in for the next two years there at Pioneer and uh, had some success, made the playoffs for the first time his first year there. And then uh, second year, we made that state championship run. Right. And now I'm at Sherryland, and uh, I'm there with you. Right. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot of grief from some of the coaches that I worked with over at Pioneer. Not the baseball ones. They <laughs> they totally understood. But, right. you know, got some grief from some guys. You know, why would you leave a team that just went to state? But uh, – Coach Lee, the uh, athletic coordinator and head football coach there, really put into a perspective that helped me with my decision. He uh, he he told me that he would give anything to go be be able to get the chance to coach with his dad. So I made the move to Sherryland, and uh, you know one of the funny things about that too was Coach Thompson, our athletic director. You know I was there. It was the morning of the state championship game, and we're getting ready to play Georgetown. And so I was in the lobby drinking coffee, going over the scouting report. And uh, he came up to me and he goes, uh, how would you feel about moving to Sherryland next year, being able to coach with your dad? I was like, oh, man. <laughs> right right before the biggest game, going over scouting report right now, you're going to put that on me right now. Yeah. So yeah. I'll give Coach Thompson a little grief on that, too. Yeah, I, I remember that. That was, that was definitely a strange time. Even the head coaches that were there with me with the association were kind of Kind of dumbfounded at that whole situation. All right, so you're the, of course, you're the son of a, a high school head coach. How do you think that's helped you in your career? Uh, well, you know, me and my brother, we were both exposed to it early. You know, we'd go to practice in seventh, eighth grade. You know, we practiced with the varsity team. So being around that really helped out. And then also just seeing another side of the, just seeing a different side of things, you know, being the son of the coach, you know, parents usually just look after, you know, their kid, but, you know, you had 35 different kids that you had to look after. So, you know, always seeing it from that side of a, of a coach rather than a parent where, you know, you always want your son to be the starter and all this stuff. But, you know, my dad's looking after the team, so he wants the best for the team. So it's not the uh, cliche of, you know, the starting shortstop is usually the head coach's son, you know, because, you know, you got to see from a coach's standpoint of view, always looking after the team rather than, you know, just throwing me or Baylor in there just because, you know, we're your kids. Right. Uh, good answer. All right. So give us a short snapshot. Everybody's had to answer this on, on why you got into coaching. So McDaniel got me that job there at Pioneer. Um, I needed a job. And I came in in the springtime and I was uh, I was actually going to go to that uh, to a brewing school in Canada in the fall. I remember. So I needed a job in the spring. Yeah. So I needed a job in the spring. So he got me on there. I started off as a volunteer assistant there at Pioneer for probably the first two months. And then they put me on full time. And uh, 
you know, I was going to go to that brewing school in the fall. I ended up meeting my wife who, uh, you know, she does everything for me <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know that. And, uh, just fell in love with coaching and, you know, I think it definitely worked out for the better, you know, cause this is something that I like to do every single day. You know, I love coming out there third block for baseball or after school. So this is something that, you know, I, I found myself being good at and, you know, hopefully can have more success doing it. Right. All right. So we talked a little, you talked a little bit about pioneer, you know, that team kind of came out of nowhere the year before it was the first time they'd ever made the playoffs. And then they, and make a state tournament run, you know, what do you, what do you attribute that success to for that team? Uh, first of all, you know, the, the kids we had were just, I mean, the ultimate competitors, you know, and that's I mean, coach Smith really brought that onto the kids, you know, just building that competitive instinct in the kids, you know, we would even me and coach Smith, you know, after practice, we challenge kids to races just to keep building that competition between them. And, uh, Another thing that, you know, attributes to that run was, you know, our kids kind of had like a, they had a real big chip on their shoulder being from the Valley. Right. You know, being only the second Valley school to go up to state, you know, a lot of people overlooked the kids from the Valley and, you know, our kids kind of took that to heart and wanted to prove people wrong. Um, one thing that, you know, I kind of shared with the kids was, I went to go scout Corpus Christi vets there in the uh, first round. They were playing Laredo Martin. And I think it was only the second inning. And I don't know if it was a fan or, you know, a parent that was sitting behind me and I was scouting. They were talking to each other and they said, uh, well, who we got in the second round? And the other parent goes, oh, it's just going to be another Valley school. Yeah. And so when I told the kids that, I kind of got them fired up. And, you know, we, we, Beat them two out of three. You know, we were down to our last strike in that second game. Came through. Um, and, you know, that team was unreal. I mean, they had – it felt like every single guy was a D1 baseball player. Um, and then we ended up beating them two out of three. Uh, played Rio in the third round, which was, I mean, just another battle. That team was unbelievable, too, in their – and stinks that we didn't get to play this year because they had a bunch of young guys on that team. Right. Um, but then, you know, all four of our district schools, you know, getting past that hump of the Corpus Christi schools, you know, it's just a testament to the district that we had to play in, you know, playing you guys, having to play Palmview, having to play Rio, you know. And so that competition also kind of helped us along the way, you know, once all four schools went past that second round, you know, our kids kind of looked at each other and thought, okay, well, you know, we could do this, you know, and I think any four of those schools would have made it to state. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the sad thing about the course this year is that all four of those teams were as good, probably better. I, I know our team was a little yeah. bit better than last year and pioneer probably was going to be as good, if not better. Rio was definitely better. And, uh, you know, and yeah. Palmview, Palmview still had still had uh, their stud that was, could beat anybody at any time. So, it you know, it, you just yeah. look at it as a missed opportunity. But uh, I know the big thing we're going to get out of this is never going to take any of this stuff for granted. I've heard that so much from so many different people, and, and it's true. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's 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 get into the practices. All right, so, uh, you know, 
looking at the fall, looking at off season, you know, what, what, what's a typical week like for your pitchers starting off and maybe starting to starting to get into it a little bit? Um, yeah. So, you know, coming into Sherryland in the fall, bringing some of this stuff over because, you know, you guys had so much success, you know, you had, had over 11 wins. Um, so, you know, I was talking with my wife a lot, you know, kind of just being nervous about, you know, coming in, bringing on some new stuff because, you know, you don't want to screw up the kids <laughs> that are there, but, uh, it's, you just gotta believe in what you're doing. So, uh, what we did was, so starting off, we actually started off in the summer. We, uh, we did a lot of testing with the kids, you know, and we assessed the three segments on their bodies. Well, with the pitchers, we did that. We assessed the three segments with three differential weights, um, just testing for deficiencies in their, uh, in the kinetic chain. And, uh, I actually had a, uh, uh, an outside coach, uh, Blake LaGrange. He helped me out a lot too. You know, he gave me his, uh, it's a formula that he has. So, you know, you plug in the velocities in the three different segments with the three different weights and it goes into this algorithm he created and it helps you program the kids to what kind of, what kind of plow care workouts they need to be doing to address those efficiencies. So we did that with all the kids. And, and when you're talking about weights, um, when you're talking about, you know, the pictures, when you're talking about weights, you're talking about the, the different weighted balls. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So when we, when we tested them, we tested them with a three ounce, a five ounce regular baseball and a seven ounce. And uh, so during that, you know, you put that in the algorithm you had, and it, you know, pretty much tells you, okay, well, you know, he's deficient in the lower half or, you know, like we had that kid Kike, he had unreal arm speed, you know, he'd throw that, three ounce ball, you know, almost a hundred miles an hour, but we moved to the seven ounce, you know, he's throwing it 50, 55. So we use that and we, uh, we addressed, you know, what deficiencies they had. We built a program for them. You know, each kid had their own special program of the different workouts they were doing with the plow hair balls. And, uh, so we did that during the summer and then, you know, their program keep, kept going in the fall. Um, and then another big thing we did was the uh, in the weight room, you know, bringing on the uh, the Zach Deacon program there, the guy from TCU, the movement over maxes, you know, that helped out the kids a lot. And then as far as bullpens, we would throw bullpens on Wednesdays, and uh, you know, we'd film every single bullpen, put it on huddle. And another big part was you know just getting the kids to understand what we're talking about. So, you know, we would like we would sit them down. We'd go over the different movements that, you know, an you know, throw film up there on, you know, different pitchers like Marcus Stroman. And then we even had them look at their huddle videos and then break down, you know, what they're doing good, what they're doing bad. Just so, you know, if you can teach someone. It, it's a lot easier for you to right. do it. OK. And, uh, you know, what, what do your different bullpens look like? I don't know if you want to go over all five or because I've got all five here on my computer, like a short summary or, or how you want to do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go over them real quick. So uh, 
you do five different ones, the first two are similar. They're uh, command bullpens. So the regular command bullpen, and we're just throwing all fastballs, and all of our bullpens are under 30 pitches. So in the command bullpens, we're alternating between a five-ounce ball, a six-ounce, and a four-ounce ball. And so on the regular command, it's, like I said, it's all fastballs. And so it it helps program your mind. So you can even see in the kids. So, you know, the kid throws, we're working on outside fastball and he's throwing four outside fastballs with the six ounce in a row. Well, the first one he's going to throw, you know, five feet over the catcher's head. Next one, he's able to pull it down a little more. Next one, he's able to pull it down a little more. And then next one, he's able to get it right there. And, uh, you know, when you move on to the, the four ounce ball, you know, the kid's going to spike it and then he's going to bring it up a little bit. Next pitch, bring it up a little bit. Next pitch, bring it up a little bit. So by the time we get to that five-ounce ball, you know, he's pretty much spot on with it. And so it just kind of trains your brain into making adjustments on commanding the fastball. And then so the other command one we have is our alternate command. And so the first 15 pitches of that is we're working command with the fastball, the differential weights. And then we just move on into uh, working off-speed with just a regular five ounce baseball. So those are the two command ones that we do. The, uh, the third one is the extension bullpen. And uh, I got this from the pitching coach there at TCU. And this one helps out a lot for kids that get behind on the ball. You know, they're throwing everything up or they can't get their off speed to break. And basically what we do is the catcher will set up, you know, in front of the plate, and then five feet to the left of the plate. So on the outside part of the plate for a right-handed hitter. And so we're still striding towards the plate, but we're throwing across towards the catcher. And so that's able to help the kids get on top of the ball. And then we'll throw three fastballs with that. And we call it five by five. So five feet in front, five feet over. And then we'll go five by one, which is even with the plate and then just five feet over. And, uh, you know, it really helps out getting on top of the ball for your fastball, but also we do it with the uh, with our off-speed pitches. You know, you got a kid who's, you know, spinning a curveball arm side. You know, he can't get it across. You know, he throws a couple of those, those five-by-fives and then moves to the five-by-one. You know, he's able to feel that he's getting on top of the ball and out front. And, uh, you know, even we, we would do that even in pregame bullpens where, you know, a kid's struggling finding his curveball and, you know, tell the bullpen catcher, hey, you know, go five by five right here. He'll throw two and then five by one. He'll throw two and then he'll finally get it. Right. So it it's it's really helpful, too, in the uh, in the bullpen pregame. The uh, the fourth one we do is just a regular bullpen. You know, this is I mean, we usually do this one in season. You know, it's just, you know, touch and feel. We're working on locating the fastball and then getting our off speed with fastballs in between. So. You locate your fastball and then, you know, curveball, fastball away, curveball. And then we go fastball in, change up, fastball away, change up, and then so on. Right. And the last one we do is our pig bullpen. And so this one, the kids like a lot. Yeah. So either I'll, I'll, put, I'll partner them up or they'll pick a partner. And we go all out of the stretch. And uh, so – the first guy will call out pitch. So, you know, he'll call fastball away. And if he, if he executes it, then the next guy has to execute it. If not, 
you know, it's just like the game of basketball pig, you know, you get a feed. And we also, with the pig, we like to work in our holds. So the kids will have to call out a hold too, you know, just working on if there's runners on. So, you know, he'll say, you know, hold three seconds, fastball away. So he executes it. You know, his partner has to execute the next pitch too. And that one's really good for uh, a lot of the relief pitchers too because, you know, it kind of puts a little pressure on you. And then, you know, also working on the holds because, you know, most of the time coming in out of relief, you're going to be working with runners on. Right. All right. Perfect. And and those are will all be available. I'll send a link for all those. That way, if anybody's got any questions, I know that like the, the different locations that you have on there, that might be something that you want to explain yeah. to someone kind of privately, maybe <laughs> rather than than uh, let that all out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and they can change it and all those other things. But but uh, again, I've got that link and, and all those uh, resources, all those bullpens already set up. And, and I'll send it again after this is done. And if they want to get in contact with you yeah. and go over it, then they can. All right. So you, yeah. you talked about the, the pig bullpen, which is kind of like horse. Uh, you know, what other competitions do you have in the bullpen or do you have any other ones? Well, we uh, towards I think I think we started doing it in the beginning of the spring is, uh, you know, usually when we did bullpens, the uh, position players, they'd go lift and then do their sprint work. And then, uh, you know, they'd come into the cages if they had time. And so what we started doing was we got some of the wood bats that we had that were cracked and we, uh, yeah. we cut the barrels off on them. And so we would have live hitters in there during our bullpens and they'd be taking full swings. So it was helping our pitchers out, you know, they're in there with the live hitter and then it also helped out the hitters too. Cause you know, they're reading pitches, getting full swings in, you know, you know, seeing ball down in the dirt, laying off of it, you know, seeing that fat fastball, being able to take a full swing through it. So I think that helped out too a little bit. Yeah. I know that helped help both sides out on those. All right. So uh, what yeah. are some of the rules and standards that uh, we have at uh, Sherryland? Um, you know, so we kids always have their shirt tucked in, you know, even in school until, I mean, until we had our fundraiser, then they're able to untuck their shirts. Uh, everyone's wearing the same thing, you know, sprinting on and off the field you know, a lot of discipline as far as the pitchers, you know, what the standards were was, you know, we're going to throw strikes. We're not going to walk. And then, one of the big things that I preach a lot is uh, first pitch strikes. And, uh, you know, we have an in-game chart that I do for all the pitchers. And uh, so I basically chart every single pitch and location in every single count. And that helps me, you know, go go throughout the game, you know, okay, well, we started this guy off with the fastball away. But uh, we also have a point system on that chart. So – you know, the kid would get a point for first pitch strike, you know, shutout inning, 12 pitches or less, a one, two, three inning, PFPs, a strikeout or a double play. So they get points for that and they'd get minus two points for walks, runs allowed, 20 plus pitch innings, uh, lack of effort and not backing up a base. And so that helps out, too, because, you know, if you if something's important to you, like first pitch strikes and, you know, you're charting that and, it be, and it's really important to you, then it'll start becoming important for the kids. And we had that, that issue, that first scrimmage, 
we played uh it was it was La Jolla. Right. And uh you know, we, we looked over the charts and I think the the two guys that threw well, you know, they were like seventy five percent first pitch strike. And then the three guys, you know, that didn't throw well, I think they were under like twenty percent first pitch strike. So we talked to him about that after the game and we kept addressing it. The next scrimmage, I think we played Nikki Rowe. And then we had something unreal, like I think it was 97% first pitch strikes with all our guys. Right. And think we were, and then we had like a error away from having a perfect game. Yeah. So if you, if you're preaching that stuff to the kids and it's important to you, you know, it'll become important to them. All right. So here, here's the other big one. Uh, what are all the new resources that you use this year? And, and you can even go plan on, you know, the ones that you plan on using, uh, in the following year coming up yeah so what we used a lot was i mean we filmed everything i mean all the bullpens everything you know we used the pocket radar we'd even film with the uh the pocket radar the velocity up there on the video um you know the kids were able to see every single video i mean as soon as we were done filming i'd come into the office i'd upload it all on huddle and then send it out to the kids. So they're able to see that. And I'm able to, you know, write on their video, tell them what they're doing good, what movements they need to work on. Um, another one, you know, was uh, Adobe Premiere. You know, I was able to learn how to use that and create overlays for our pitchers as far as, you know, their fastball and off speed, see where, if it's tunneling well, or, you know, if they're, if their mechanics are tweaked a little different or if they're dropping their arm, if they're, you know, just being able to see the differences in what they're doing during their two different pitches that they're throwing. So those were two big ones. Um, Sports U, I mean, that, that was a game changer. You know, you're able to, you know, send the kids videos of something that you just talked about or, you know, send them, you know, inspirational videos. I know we had to do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> send them a bunch of Mike Tyson stuff. <laughs> uh, but uh, but one thing, you know, I'm excited. I hope we can get one is the, uh, is the Rapsodo. And, you know, being able to use that, and, you know, I've been reading up a lot about it, you know, watching videos, but being able to use that to create an arsenal of pitches and, you know, we kind of – we kind of had a couple kids that we couldn't really develop a, a, a strikeout pitch for them. And, you know, being able to use the Rapsodo would be a, you know, a big help. You know, you can, it will help plot your pitches into vertical and horizontal break. And so, you know, you can have a kid who throws fastball, curveball, changeup slider. Okay. And, you know, we look at his vertical and horizontal breaks and then his plot points of those pitches and, you know, we're looking that, okay, well, his slider and his curveball are pretty much similar. So, you know, this kid's got three pitches. Right. So you're able to use the Rapsodo to, you know, look at the metrics. Okay, well, this is his spin rate on it. This is his spin efficiency. And this is the spin direction that we're working with. So, you know, if he's got, you know, two curveballs, basically, you know, we're going to work on changing that spin direction and being able to work, you know, flat ground, being able to work on it during catch play, just trying to get that right spin direction to where we can evolve that 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 fourth pitch into a true slider. 
And, and we also, you know, we also used the diamond kinetics, but that was kind of a, a mixed result uh, with, uh, yeah. you know, we, we tried it out this year. Yeah, it was, those were, uh, I mean, they were good if you're sitting there one-on-one with a kid, but, you know, they kind of take a little time for the information to load up, you know, and sometimes, you know, I was working with one during the quarantine and, you know, it'd say I threw like 98 miles an hour and then it'd say I throw like 62. <laughs> so it, it was kind of, it's kind of getting some kind of a glitch in it. Yeah. And, and we use the swing tracker a lot in the cages that I think that was a little bit easier, yeah. a little bit, you know, a little bit more helpful. And, but I think we're going to, going to try the blast this year since they're one of our sponsors and everything else. But uh, you know, th- yeah. those are, those are also really good. All right. So, you know, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Then we talked to the uh, we talked to the guy at Diamond Kinetics there because they didn't have that horizontal horizontal and vertical break in their uh, in their online program. We talked to the guy there at a uh, the convention and they're talking about being able to implement that. And the guy was excited about doing that. Right. So I think they're coming out with some with some new uh, baseballs that they're using because I think we had the first generation ones. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Even their, even their, uh, you know, the caps that uh, they used to connect with the bats and everything else have gotten better since then. So they're always, yeah. they're always improving like everybody else. All right. So how important do you think social media was for us this year in our program? Yeah. So, uh, you know, like I said before, we filmed everything. So we're able to put, you know, display our kids out on Twitter and, you know, we'd always use the pocket radar to, you know, put their velocities and stuff on there and uh, it helped get some exposure for some of our kids, you know, being able to put them out there. I know I would put it out on the uh, coaches association Twitter page and I get, you know, a couple different, you know, junior colleges asking kids. Um, So that, that really helped out for exposure for our kids down here. Right. Um, the sports you app, that was, I mean, that was awesome because, you know, we were able to send out our practice plans to them in the morning. And, you know, they're, they knew what they were doing. And so it helped out too for bullpen days because, you know, not every kid's going to be doing the same bullpen as, you know, the next kid. And so, you know, I'd come in at 730, put together the bullpen schedule, put together what kids are throwing, which bullpens and, and where they're throwing. And so we're able to put that on a, on a sheet and then send it out through sports you. So they know exactly what they're doing, you know, that day in class. Right. And, and the big one on sports, you was also, you know, being able to whatever, whatever list we were doing, we were able to just pretty much start right off the bat because we were able to put connect videos with every single lift that we were doing. And, and that was their homework. You know, they had to, they had to look at all the lifts and be ready to go, you know, by the time we, we got in yeah. and, and got warmed up. So it, that, that, you know, that thing was huge for us. All right. So, you know, what, uh, I think, what certifications were you at? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, um, you know, we're doing the uh, strength and conditioning here in, I think we're starting the 15th and, you know, it's mostly going to be a lot of football kids, but, you know, some of these football, the the quarterbacks are going to come do their list with me. So I'm going to try and get them on sports you. So 
I'm able to put the list on there with links to everything because they're going to be doing stuff. Right. All right. So what were the certifications you were able to get over the break? And, you know, what was the process involved in, in getting those certifications? So I got the uh, I got a certification through driveline and the uh, the foundations of pitching. And, you know, it was a it's kind of a long, long program. You got to really pay attention. You know, the the first portion of it, it's. 32 videos with a quiz at, at the end of each video that you got to get 80% on just to pass through that video. Um, and then, so that took, you know, a couple of days to get through all that. And then the second portion of the driveline certification was a uh, in-person webinar. Usually you have to go up to Seattle to do the in-person web or the in-person portion, but uh, because of the quarantine, they did the, they did it through a webinar, which was really good. So, you know, it's three days and five hours each day that you're going through with the trainers. So the first day, you know, you're working on, a, you know, you're, you're working with them, seeing what they look for in pitchers as far as movements, you know, looking at the lower half, the midsection, you know, arm action. So the first day is pretty much just all mechanics and, you know, seeing what they're seeing and they take you through it and they test you on it. You know, they'll put up a video and say, you know, okay, well, what's this guy need to work on? What's he doing bad? What's he doing good? You know, you got to talk to him about that. And the second day they go over, you know, their, uh, their workouts as far as their, their plyo care drills and, you know, how to perform them correctly, you know, which guys it would work for, you know, you know, you're going to do this drill because this guy's doing this thing. And they'd also test you too, showing you videos of a guy performing a drill and say, okay, well, you know, what's he doing wrong in this drill? And, you know, how can you prove him by telling him what to do? Like, you know, if he's not striding out far enough or he's striding out too long or if his hand's not in the right position. So that was the second day. And then the third day was probably the longest since they taught you how to program kids. So they would put up scenarios of, you know, this kid's got three months till season. He wants to add velocity. You know, let's put together a program for him as far as plow care drills, strength, mobility, stability. And so, you know, we sat there for five hours that day putting together you know, six or seven different programs for college kids, pro guys, high school kids, youth kids. And so that was a long process. And so that was the certification I got. Um, you know, I, we're going to program our kids starting the 15th during sports specific, the pitchers that show up. And then the other certification I'm going to be getting is going to be June 26th is with, uh, on base U and Dr. Greg Rose. And right. that is basically, um, it's, it's movement screening for, uh, athletes, you know, and he goes by this joint by joint approach. So he starts off looking at mobility and stability. So he starts off at the ankle, you know, that's mobile. The knees uh, is stable. The hip is mobile. The lumbar spine is stable. The T-spine is mobile. The scap is stable. The shoulders mobile and the elbow stable. 
And so, you know, looking at that, you know, you can really see, you know, how kids are deficient, you know, I'll use myself as an example, you know, I have too much mobility in my lumbar spine. So when I try and get into a proper trunk stack, you know, my, my lead shoulder is actually tilting towards the ground. So I'm not able to stack my trunk properly. So, you know, I'd have to work on stability in that lumbar spine. And so he came up with, you know, different uh, screens to test, you know, if you have too much mobility, too much stability. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to doing that certification. Right. Okay. And, and somebody who wants to get into that, you know, how much, how much were both of those or how much are both of those? Um, they're expensive. So <laughs> driveline one was, it's originally like $980 or something like that, but they're, they have a deal right now where it's 30% off. And then, uh, the the on base U one it's I want to say it's nine hundred something also but I know if you use they gave out a code during the convention that you get a hundred dollars off of it right I think okay. I think it was I can't remember what it was okay all right and and you know this is one of the reasons why I had you on is you know you have you know, I, I would consider myself an old school coach. I, I do a lot of the new stuff too, but you know, not, we do not have the, you know, we don't have the expertise that some of the young coaches have right now. Like listening to the, who was it? Woodlands, you know, at the clinic kind of, kind of opened my eyes and, and, you know, we've got to kind of let you guys go and just do what you do. And uh, you know, cause even a couple of these podcasts I've done, the head coaches have just said, I don't know anything about the weight of balls. I let my assistant coaches do it. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, you just got to trust in the guy that's that's working with your pitchers or whatever he's working with. And, you know, I've, I've been able to do that with you, which is which has been nice. And I've always been, you know, blessed because, you know, McDaniel, he pretty much told me, hey, you got the pitchers, do what you need to do. Coach Smith, same way. And then you, of course, you know, I mean, you're working with the pitchers for 20 years and then, you know, I come in and then you pretty much give me full reign of the pitchers. So right. I think that's, I think a lot of head coaches kind of need that is, you know, you got assistants, you know, you need to give them, you know, something to do, you know, even if it's a guy who's not really a baseball guy, you know, tell them, Hey, go, go be the best base running coach you can be, you know, go learn and then bring that knowledge back to us, you know, create like a niche. And right. so I was lucky enough to have head coaches that gave me, the, the responsibility to do that kind of stuff. Right. All right. So lightning round, real short answers now. Uh, what's the last thing that you learned or the last thing that you're excited about that we're getting ready to use? Um, just being able to use the, the spin rate, spin efficiency, uh, spin direction, all that, all those different metrics, you know, kind of learning how to use that kind of stuff. Okay. All right, what uh, what do you do in practice that your pitchers really love? Um, they like the pig bullpens, and uh, I don't know for some reason. I know you notice this too. They love doing their recovery post bullpen. <laughs> How I don't do they know they do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be ready to leave for fourth block, and you know they're still doing their floss band and stuff. They make sure they get that stuff done. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
right. So uh, what's one thing that you believe in that other coaches may say, no, he's doing that wrong? Um, I think, and I think right now it's kind of changing to what I'm about to say is I think the weight room is very important for pitchers. You know, it used to be, you know, we don't bench press. You know, we don't want the pitchers to get too big. Uh, I think velocity is built in the weight room. You know, I know, I know that helped me out a lot with velocity yeah. when I was in there. I, was, I mean, I finally figured out what the weight room was my freshman year in college. And, you know, my velocity right. shot up. Um, but, right. yeah, I mean, lifting a lot, you know, just creating that elastic energy, you know, different push variations. I know coaches say, you know, our pitchers aren't going to bench press. So, okay, that's fine. But they still need to build, you know, some elastic energy in that chest to, you know, create a, you know, perform a proper scap load. But, uh, you know, you can do push-up variations, weighted push-ups. You know, we've been doing the, uh, the isometric bench press, um, you know, band push-ups, just some kind of press. You know, they, they need that. And then also lifting in season is big, you know, I, I mean, I I still throw every Sunday, and you know, if if I don't lift during the week, my arm just feels dead. Yeah, I got I got I, I was the same way once once I started lifting. Yeah, and in college, you know, I'd I'd like to lift before I threw, um, yeah. but you know, there was research that was saying you know that kids that feel like they get dead arm towards the end of the season, it's because they haven't been lifting, so they're losing that strength. And so we try and get our pitchers to lift three to four times a week. You know, even if it, I mean, it's not like an hour and a half lift, you know, it could be 30 minutes, 40 minutes, just making sure that they maintain strength and then maintain that elastic energy. All right. So if we came to your bullpen practice, what would be three things that would really stand out or three things that we would notice? Um, first thing would be, you know, it, it's versatile. You know, every kid's not throwing the same bullpen. You know, and we have – we usually have 16 to 18 kids throwing on Wednesdays. Um, so, you know, the same guy's not doing the same thing. Um, the second thing would be that there's purpose and structure, you know. Um, you know, we got four bullpens. You know, we got 16 guys, so we got to structure it to where, you know, half the guys are doing something else while the other half, you know, four guys on the mound – four guys getting loose, four guys are uh, down there doing their sprint work. And usually we have our relief guys do the sprint work first, you know, because they're mostly our position guys too. So uh, kind of helps build that stamina, you know, they're getting done sprinting and they're having to come on the mound and, you know, it's not ideal, but, you know, I mean, most of them are going to be coming in from the outfield, you know, trying to throw that last inning. So, doing their sprint work first, you know, kind of helps them out a little bit. And then the last thing would be is that uh, it's competitive. You know, even if we don't have the live batters there or if they're not doing pick bullpens, you know, we got the pocket radar out there. So, you know, they're kind of trying to compete with each other with that, you know, trying to get that velocity up. Right. All right. Favorite book or favorite resource? Um... The most recent thing right now was uh, it was actually an essay that I read, and it was about uh, trying new things. And then, so basically, it was talking about trying new things helps boost creativity and get over fear. So, 
you know, even if it's listening to a podcast or, you know, listen to other people talk, you know, whoever's listening to this right now is, you know, trying something new, um, you know, and it doesn't even have to be baseball related. You know, Coach Klaus, the other podcast was talking about how he's starting to learn uh, Google Sheets and stuff. So you know, that will help him in a big way. And, you know, if you look at the changes in baseball is, you know, the innovation and the creativity of baseball right now is it's all coming from outside resources you know analytics changing the way that mlb teams you know pick players um you know the whole driveline thing kyle Bodie, the founder of it he was a he was a economics major and he kind of just started getting into baseball and uh you know his his company kind of just changed the way we look at pitchers between him and tom house and, you know, their whole thing is data-driven. And, you know, that that wasn't something that we were doing five or six years ago. And uh, or you can look at the guy from On Base U, Greg Rose. You know, he was a – he worked for TPI, the Titleist Performance Institute. And, uh, you know, he's just working with golfers. And then, you know, someone came up to him and said, hey, do you want to work with baseball? You know, he's never done it before. So he started looking into baseball and, you know, he's – completely changing the way we look at how we assess players. And uh, I mean, and like I said, it doesn't have to be about baseball either. You know, uh, it can be in all aspects of life. You know, I started doing photography. You know, I got certified in graphic design. Uh, I'm watching like classical movies. So it just helps. <laughs> you. Yeah, it helps boost uh, creativity and, uh, you know, it'll help you in the teaching field. You know, it could help you at home or just, becoming a better person, you know, a well-rounded person. I just like, I love learning new things. So I watch Jeopardy all day. Right. And, and, and mom just put some on the fridge and she put a big, huge quote about how, you know, your opportunity is only going to match how prepared you are. So, yeah. you know, you got to learn something, you got to learn something new every day. And yeah. she's kind of gotten into that kick and stuff like that. And I've, I've kind of always been that way. I, I like, I don't, you know, I just like diving into stuff and, and trying to figure it out. So I, but well, great job, great job today. And, uh, you know, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, you know, how, how can they get a hold of you, uh, email wise first? Uh, well, one more thing before I do that, uh, okay. just want to like tell the other assistant coaches that, um, you know, I, I kind of struggled my first year coming out of co- playing college baseball, thinking that, you know, I knew everything. Uh, one of the best advice I gave myself was you, you don't know anything, you know, you have to constantly be learning, constantly be evolving. So you can't get stuck in that, that same routine of, well, you know, I know this stuff already, so I don't need to learn anymore. So that's just some advice I'd give to an assistant coach is just constantly be learning and constantly be evolving. But, um, if you want to reach me on Twitter, it's at Austin Vic, so at A-U-S-T-I-N-B-I-C. Uh, my email is A-B-I-C-K-E-R-T-O-N at sherrylandisd.org. Um, and do I get my phone number? No, no, no. Don't give any phone number. <laughs> okay. that, okay. uh, and, and, and send me the, uh, the point system, and I'll put that in, in your file also and, and make that available for everybody else. Okay. All right, bud. All right. Okay. All right. Good job, bud. All right. Thanks,